the podcast of sweet chiropractic success. Here's your host, Billy Sticker. All right, welcome to another episode of Cairo Candy. I'm Billy Sticker here with Dr. Loke Trevetti. And uh, we have been back and forth on Facebook for the past couple of years. I would get busy, he would get busy, but we finally just said, you know what? You know, I think I actually sent you a message the other day, and, and it was pretty direct. But it was like, you know what? We got to do this. When are we doing it? It's just quit BSing. We got to get this done. Yep. And so here we are. And uh, I love what you're doing for the professional. Not just the, I love what you're doing in general um, on personal development and mindset, and it's so important. So uh, how are you doing today? I'm awesome, man. Thank you for having me, Billy. I really appreciate it. And uh, for all your listeners and that, and I love what you guys do in helping Kairos and, and taking the Kairos to the next level. I think it's so important the way you do it with the level of professionalism and taking credibility to the next place that Kairos oftentimes don't understand. Um, so thank you for teaching that to the profession as well. Well, thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who may not know much um, about Dr. Alok, let's, uh, can we get into a little bit of your background? Yeah, absolutely. I was a, um, I still am a Cairo. Um, I built a practice and you know, if you want to hear my success accolades, I can give you those. I can give you my failure accolades too. <laughs> um, but what got you, you know, into chiropractic? Um, you know, chiropractic for me, actually I was in physical therapy school, believe it or not. And I actually got my master's in physical therapy and, but I knew there was a next level of understanding of healing and next level of, of information. And honestly, it wasn't even, um, chiropractic that really like it, I wasn't like in love with it. It was like I was meeting. They, Logan had a booth at my university, and I was there trying to impress a girl. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, let me just go fill out this application thing and pretend like I have some ambition in my life." And um, my dad got a hold of it, and he said, "Because you want to be a chiropractor?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't even know what the hell this chiropractic thing is, man." Like, he's like, and then he started doing research. And he started studying these guys, and he started watching videos of Jim Parker, and, and he's like, "Look, this is." a lot of what you say this is a lot of how you think you may want to look at this but yeah whatever dude. like it was like i just want to go out and drink some beers i'm good but um but actually the more like he kept on putting things in front of my face and he's like this is more along the lines of who you are than even just physical therapy or medicine and um lo and behold it was completely he was completely right go figure your dad is right right like, right don't say it too loud <laughs> yeah that's great um so tell us a little bit about practice and, um, you know, what were some of your successes and failures in that? And then what brought yeah. you to doing what you're doing now? You know, to me, it was always one thing. It was very interesting is that people say, well, you know, I, you know, if I, the success is that I was, you know, I did a million dollars a year since my first year in practice, 1200 of patient visits a week plus, um, in 14 months. And just like, I got into practice and just in my, in many respects, just crushed it. But hit these numbers and, and uh, everyone in the profession knows a guy named Charlie Majors. He was a legend in our sure. business. And uh, Charlie and I were both in Chicago and we'd always go back and forth. You know, what'd you do? I, he's like, I did 500. I said, man, I beat you. I got 600. And then, so him and I had this little camaraderie and then I, I got to like 1250 and Charlie's like, I did 1400. I'm like, screw this. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, but it was fun. And, and we don't talk about volume as much in our profession anymore, but I think there's something still to it. And I, and the reason I do is because, um, in order to see volume, you have to manage business. There's a lot of doctors that say, well, it's just, you know, it's about care plans and business and that. But your efficiency in your systems comes with the amount of people that you can see. And so your business becomes better 
at it. And I'm, I'm not saying profitability. I'm not talking about money profitability necessarily. I'm strictly talking about procedural aspects of it. So I do I do think it's important to discuss your volume in that, at least for yourself, if you're seeing 500, 700 patient visits a week inside of that. But, you know, some of the failures then were, you know, had massive chaos, massive turmoil because of that and challenges in the growth process of that. Um, I loved practice, but to me it was not about you know, I had more of a obviously a high volume type practice, but it wasn't about chiropractic to me. See, chiropractic to me was always about expressing more life. But to me, it was personal development that actually woke me up to this whole game. And, you know, I listened to Tony Robbins CD set when I was 19 years old. I was a failing PT student and changed the course of my life. And I said, how the hell did this happen? What what made this happen? And why did my brain shift in a matter of weeks? Here I was failing and literally this changed. And I said, I want to figure that out and I want to teach that to the world. Chiropractic was a journey along that path that taught me what expression of life really meant, what vitalism meant, what the energy and, and magnitude of energy meant. Um, but my office really wasn't – I wouldn't call it you – know, some people say, well, I'm a subluxation-based office or I'm a corrective care office. Man, my office was a personal development office all day long. We did That's personal awesome. development in my office. Um and I think people loved it. And, I, and, and the more I focused on that, the better I did. The more I focused on everything else, the worse my practice did. Right. You know, <clears throat> I see a lot of chiropractors do this, and I've experienced it. Uh, but I was listening to something the other day. And um, well, let me back up a little bit. I have a background in, for like 17 years, I was in the precious metals industry. We sold really rare coins. Um, but I was sales manager for a long time. But even before then, you know, let's say it was straight commission for 17 years, basically. So you would have, you know, um, let's say a $6,000 month. And then the next month would be 4000 sure. And then 6000 And then four. And then eight. And then three. You know, and I, I was trying so hard and I felt like I had all the skills of some of these other guys when I was starting off, but it was like, there was just this, this thermostat and I was listening to something the other day and a guy was talking about that and he pointed out how it, it's like that in so many areas of our life, right? If you think about it, we do the same thing when, um, we're working out, right? We, we go to the gym and we're just said, you know what? We're just, we're doing great. We're going four or five days a week. We, we're working out hard. We're eating right. We're doing all this stuff. And then we start getting lazy and then we slack off and slack off. And, and then when we kind of hit this bottom, we're like, okay, enough's enough. I've just, I've got to get back in it. Um, and it's like, there's this thermostat that runs throughout so much of what we do, our relationships, right? We can be going out and, you know, dating our spouse and spending all this time with our kids and doing all these things. And then we get distracted and focused on work and, you know, other things. And then, you know, it, it turns around or cleaning our house or, or all these different areas. Um, and he made the comment that, you know, we often, we rarely hit our dreams, but we often hit we our lowest standards, Right. And so how can we take those th that how can we take that bottom where we're finally saying enough's enough and we just raise that to where, you know, we miss a day and we're like, no, that's it. My, you raise your standards so much higher. Um, but you and I were talking about this before we started recording. What's your take on on that process? 
Yeah, okay, so let me dive into this because this is fun. I love this subject. Um, the human mind is not conditioned towards success. Let me just tell you that right now. Um, we think it is, but it's not. Fear, actually, the sympathetics, the fear systems of our body actually motivate it, move us two times more powerfully than pleasure does. We think we want pleasure, but that's not what moves us in any capacity. Our brain is built on the mechanism of fear, avoidance of fear. We are actually not meant to thrive. We're not here to thrive. We're here to survive. From a biological and evolutionary standpoint, we're just here to survive and exist to pass on DNA, whatever methodology you want to say. Let's just say, okay? But it's more of an existence rather than is a thriving experience. Now, there's a few people that say, well, what's a, I want a thriving experience, which is fine, which is great. And I think, it's, I think, why not, right? That's kind of my thought process. Why not with it? But most people don't get that. But most people won't move towards pleasure. What they'll do is they'll, more move, they'll move more towards avoiding pain, right? People in practice see this every single day, right? And, and the practices that will sell the, you know, the subluxation and the wellness and the care plans, you can sell that. But it's also the avoidance of falling back to where you were that creates that the idea of staying healthy. Staying healthy, symptom-free, vitalistic, all these things is so that you don't get sick. So that right. fear motivator still comes into it. You can't avoid it. It's not, it's not a mechanism that you can avoid. In our minds, we, the idea that we're always gonna be up in life is what creates more people's chaos. The expectation of living at the highest standards is what causes you to drop into the lower standards. You talked about income for a, a perfect example. Your life runs on a mean. It's always running on an average, right? I love to say this with salespeople. When I work with salespeople, I'll say, and, and entrepreneurs are great. Chiros are a perfect example of this as well, is that whatever your expenses are, you're going to make exactly that. You'll take the three-month average, and let's say your monthly expenses are 5000 One month, you'll hit 2000 The next month, you'll make... 8,000, the next month you'll hit 5,000. But you'll walk away with $15,000 over the course of that three months to hit the average mean. And the mean is where that standard deviation line is. And to raise that mean only comes when you see more pain in staying in that mean. Right? right. And, and most people, right, you know, there's so many courses that are out there. And, and I don't promote happiness and trying to, I don't, I don't promote that. You can get that only if you set the standards for the pain to be where you are. If the standards of the pain where you are are, are bad enough, then you'll move yourself to the next stage up. But you're going to stay – your comfort line is right above the threshold of pain. Create more pain with where you're at and you move up the ladder. The fantasy is that everything's going to be fant fantastic on the other side. Um, does that make sense where I'm, where I'm saying yeah. that, Billy? Yeah, that's good. And uh, let me give you an example of this. Um, one of my mentors taught me this over the years. Um, a guy named Larry Wilson came up with this. And Larry Wilson, he's dead now, but he was, uh, he was a student of Abraham Maslow. Mm -hmm. And he was a mentor of mine. And he was a direct student of Abraham Maslow. And, and he, with the, if you don't know Abraham Maslow, you should study his, his work. It's brilliant stuff. Um, the man's hierarchy, five hierarchy of needs. And he talks about it. And um, Larry, said, Larry said this is that your dissatisfaction, the amount of pain that you go through, plus the vision that you have of where you wanna be, plus the processes you're gonna to have to go through have to be greater than the cost that you're willing to pay. 
So let me say that again. Yeah. The pain of where you are, the dissatisfaction of your life. So we, the formula we use is D plus D plus V plus P has to be greater than C. The dissatisfaction that you have currently in your life, whether it be weight, whether it be relationship, whether it be money, whether it be whatever it is, that dissatisfaction, the pain of it, plus where you see yourself where you want it to be, the vision of where you want to go, plus the processes and the tools you're going to have to go through. Right. Say, for example, if you're looking to lose weight, maybe you're 30 pounds overweight and you're thinking, oh, I got to lose 30 pounds. OK, cool. So the pain of it is going to do it. If you feel comfortable being 30 pounds overweight, which a lot of society wants you to do today and saying it's OK to be that way, is going to say, OK, fine. Then I don't really want to change that. But if there's enough pain at 30 pounds and you want to have a six pack and that six pack you want bad enough, that gap of separation Plus the workout tools and exercise, diet, everything you have to do, intermittent fasting, all that, keto, all that stuff you have to do, right? All the stuff that's out there has to be greater than the pain you're going to have to go through to get it. And the cost could be time, money, energy, pain, all these different things. That's really good. But I think it's still kind of hard for us to comprehend, though. You know, I, I think we get so distracted, and I don't even know if distracted is the right word. We just get in a rut right? Mm-hmm. If most people every morning at 645, they're doing the exact same thing, at least Monday through Friday. Right? There's, and we just get used to it. I mean, there's so many offices that, you know, or doctors that I talk to in there, you know, they have a referral based practice, which is great, but it's because they, they're not doing anything. They, and well, typically, I guess ties right into what we're saying. They do end up calling because finally the pain got bad enough. That's right. Yeah. This is the sales formula. This is movement formula. This is human psychology. If you want to sell more, you got to increase the gap. You got to increase the gap of how bad it is right now to what they want. And then they're going to say, okay, what do I got to do to get out of that pain? Yeah. So when you're saying increase the gap, <clears throat> basically what we're saying is, or what you're saying is where they are right now. And sometimes we do think, well, it's not that far. You know, we're fairly close to our dreams. You know, we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. But the more and more you say no, and you separate that or increase that gap where it's further and further away, that makes it more and more painful, which is more and more motivating for us to start taking action to get closer to that. To what it is that? you want to move towards, right. yeah. Right. So, for example, Billy, you've got a great business. You do amazing things. There's no question about it. But if we wanted to take your business to another level, you do it because you want to because you're an entrepreneur and you want to experience these things. Right. But I bet you that if the pain was bad enough, if I'm totally going to use an extreme example. So please understand this. Okay, it's just it's just for the purpose of example. If there was in a, a crisis that happened that said you've got to build your business, double your business in the next 90 days, if not, I don't even know if you have kids, if not, you're okay. So right. if yeah. not, your kids are going to fail out of school and, and never do anything. Would you figure out how to do that? Sure. Of course you would. Right. But no one, pose, no one poses that pain of a question. We say we're comfortable. We're doing okay. I live in a house compared. And then the question comes down to is compared to who, who are you comparing yourself to, right. to say that you're doing okay? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep, that's good. That reminds me of you know the, the 
the thing. It was neat. I was talking to my 12-year-old about this the other day. That's my youngest. My oldest one's 20, um, and he's doing fantastic. He's actually married. They're cool. doing so, so solid for being so young. Um, and then I have a 17-year-old daughter and then my 12-year-old, and I'm always listening to stuff just like this. And then I'll pause it, and then we'll talk about it. How do I make it relevant to a 12-year-old? Yeah. But I said um, – you know, I said if there was a twelve, you know, a twelve inch, let's say, two by twelve, twelve foot long, laying on the ground, would you walk across it? Yeah, I said okay. What if that same two by twelve was lifted, lifted, you know, ten feet up in the air? Would you still walk across it? You know, and he's starting to get a little more testosterone, so he's like, yeah, I'd probably do it. I'd probably do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. What if that exact same board was, you know, ten stories up? between two buildings you know there's a lot more risk now would you do it and then so he starts to pause like hmm well i don't know and then i'm sure you've heard this analogy before yeah but what if there was you know someone threatening to hurt mom on the other building and you had to walk across that to get her and then it's like all of a sudden and i've always thought about that it was but you know that's what's motivating you if you had to you would do it but i've never thought about how you just put it it's because the pain is great enough. The fear of that loss is great enough. That's the the driving motivation. It, it really is, right? And, and there's a lot of personal development gurus that want to paint the picture that you're going to move towards your vision. Look, if vision boards and all that, and, and I get ridiculed by this by a lot, of, a lot of people, but I am not into vision boards and that nonsense. I call them nightmare boards because most people put up these fantasies in their life of things that they want they think that they're going to get them and they look at it, they keep looking at it and saying, well, that's not coming true. That's not coming true. And it becomes a nightmare in their life. And they judge their lives based on these things, these fantasies they put up and it becomes a nightmare for most people. That's how it is. I talk to enough people. I've talked to a lot of people across the country and the world that, is, that I speak to. And this is, this is pretty standard because they set these fantasies for themselves. And most people, there's a lot of gurus out there want to say, well, it's easy to sell hope and happiness than the truth of how the brain really works. Right. Well, because the definition of motivation is hope. That's right. That, that's all it is. Uh, so you go to some of these, you listen to some of these people, go to these events, they give hope. You know, it, it's motivating. You go, oh, they did it. I can do it. But there's more to it. Far more to it. How did they do it? Why did they do it? Uh, but let me ask you this. Let's let's go here because I've I've studied this for years also, not nearly sure. as in depth as you. But one of the things I've always been taught is one of the reasons you set these dreams and put these vision boards out there because the more and more you think about it and you see it, your subconscious is constantly doing things trying to get you closer to that. So, what what's your take on that? Okay, so. I don't like the word subconscious because the term subconscious means it's less than conscious. Consciousness is all omnipotent. It's everywhere. So our understanding – so um, you know, this was a term Earl Nightingale really used and he coined it the subconscious. Um, and it became right. this thing. But it's really not the subconscious. It's really the latent awareness, what you're not aware of. So you focus – most people will focus on things that they don't think is really important. If you're focusing on the things that are truly highest of value to you, your life will demonstrate that. And then, yes, does it work to help focus on that, get the direction and the values that you're moving towards? Yes. Your mind and your body are always working towards trying to get you 
to the things that you value the most to fulfill your life. It's automatically happening. It's part of innate. It's the innate mechanism that's happening. Symptoms, both psychological and physiological, are the byproduct of being incongruent to your personal life and your, your mission in your own life. And so when we focus and we try and you know, visualize, manifest, meditate, all these things that really aren't of highest value to us, they don't show up. That's where the chaos begins. But if it's truly of high value to you, truly something that is important to you, does it help to visualize and focus on these things? For sure. I'm not taking away from that. If you're doing it from the state of gratitude, not if you're doing it for the state that my life will be better if I have this. Because as soon as you assume something is going to get better, you're going to have the chaos of it being worse. If you can be truly grateful for having that experience, both the positives and the negatives, objectively, then for sure I'm all for it. If it's within your congruent aligned, aligned system, that's where most people get lost is that they say, well, I can I can meditate on a lifestyle living on yachts and popping bottles and, well, it's not coming true, right? You and I know, Billy, that that's just chaos and right. nonsense, And pe- but there are so many people out there that believe that. Right. Well, let's – in wrapping this up, what yeah. – so we've talked about pain being our biggest motivator. Yeah. So what are some steps and some strategies that we can take to to improve? How do we use it? So now that we know that that's what it is, what are some practical things that I can do to change my life? Literally use that formula I just said. So take take the dissatisfaction. Take your current life. I do this almost yearly. People set positive goals. I don't. I look at my life where it's at right now and what sucks if I stay here? What's the worst part of me staying at this level? So that's the D, the dissatisfaction. That's the D, the dissatisfaction. I increase the dissatisfaction. Because, right, you do well, all these docs do well, I do all right, and it's relative, right? It's always relative. It's relative right. experience. What's going to get me to want to do more and, and thrive and, and drive more in my life and, and keep moving towards more uh, more success, I guess, for lack of better words. I don't really like that word, but more uh, expression of my life. And it's going to be the pain of staying where I'm at. Right. You know, one, so, of, the, uh, one of the things I've noticed uh, in my life is, you know, I, I left a six-figure job to start Cairo Candy. And mm-hmm. it was scary. I've got three kids. I have a wife of, you know, 20 years. We have a really nice house and a mortgage. But it it was so rough at first that it, it, you just did it. You just did what had to be done. And now we do so many, so much better than I ever did, ever could have done in the other job. Um, and one of the things I've realized is the more and more I've grown, the company's grown. There's been a lot of opportunities come my way that could have been very, very, very profitable, but because I'm where I'm at, and this was surprising to me. I was like, eh, I wasn't motivated to take advantage of them. Sure. And, and I, but I think I'm just kind of realizing this ties into exactly what you're saying. There wasn't enough pain there to vote, to motivate me to just want more. Right. right. You left a job and there's no question you can, and just, just think about this. You obviously, the job of where you were at, there was more pain in time, the energy, the, the how it controlled your life. 
didn't have the freedom that you wanted, and you said, screw this, I'm out, I'm going to go create this Cairo candy thing, and uh, marketing business, and, and helping doctors, like, what What on earth are you thinking, what are you doing, and the pain of failing, pain of, pain of not putting food on that table for those kids and your wife, made you produce. Right. One pain led to another pain, because you assume that there's going to be freedom in the business when you open the business, but then you realize, crap, it's going to take more work, which a lot of doctors in the beginning don't realize, right? Right. Because being a business owner means that you have freedom. No, it means you have more work. <laughs> People don't get that. It means you work more. I left the office. I started at 6 in the morning yesterday. I left my office at 9.30 last night, um, and I've been here since 6 a.m. this morning. I work. I love my. I love what I do. I work. But the pain of not producing made you figure out how to go get clients. But if you just said, hey, look, I got, you know, I got 75 grand coming in. I can pay the bills. It's good. Yeah, it's good. You know, kids, yeah, they're eating. You know, we're shopping at Marshall's versus Nordstrom's, but that's cool. They don't really need Nordstrom's. Marshall's good for them. They grow too much. Right. But they're good with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, this if that's is... where it was. And you were making that 75, 80, 100, whatever that number is. It doesn't really matter. I'm just giving relative sure. examples. And you're comfortable there. You're going to say that's it. Find the pain in the comfort. Yeah. So that's one. That's step one. That's the D. Yep. Right? Is find that. Uh, and then let's go over the vision again. The vision is what do you really want? Then look at what you want and compare the two. Create the gap of contrast. And then say, okay, what do you really want out of your life? What do you really want to build? What do you really want to create? What do you really want to do? Right? For you, I'm going to bet, if I had to judge and guess, um, you wanted freedom of time. You wanted to be able to be with your kids more. You wanted right. to be able to. You know, you work from home. You wanted to have that luxury to be a family man. Right. Right? Or a job, your job, you probably didn't have that. So your vision was to be able to be in a world where you had freedom of time and, and energy to be a dad and, and do and help Kairos in that capacity, which made sense. Right. So we, we create that gap with the vision. Mm -hmm. So like if you were imagining this on, on a sheet of paper, on the left-hand side, you would have the pain of where you are now and then – as far right as you can go, the vision of what it is you really, really want. Correct. So you want to create that that gap in the middle. Yeah. Um, and then that's where the process comes in. That's right. Correct? Closing that gap. Correct. So what do you got to do to get that? Right. What's step one? Step two? What's step one, step two, yeah. the, the tools, the processes, everything you need to do. All of that has to be greater than the cost that you're going to have to go through. In other words, how much time, how much effort, how much, yeah, I got it. I love it. Any pain, any you're going to have to, any pain you're going to, have to pursue to get that. If you can do that, if it's, if it's going to be more beneficial than the cost of within in time, money, energy, all these different things, then you'll move towards that direction. Yeah. It's a great formula. All right. Well, how can uh, Cairo's listening, students listening, how can they find out, connect with you and find out more about what you have going on? Sure. You can uh, go to the Aligned Performance Institute. That's just our, my website. You can catch me on, uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, join our group, Chasing Success. It's the uh, title of my book. You can find me there. Um, those are probably the best ways you can probably reach me and connect with me. The website again? AlignedPerformanceInstitute.com. Okay, and then Chasing Success is a Facebook group? Yep. All right, 
free. It's a very active group. It's oh. it's um, got a lot of entrepreneurs. I don't really even you know my my work in the Cairo industry is pretty limited. I actually most of my clients are not Cairo's. Right. Um, most of my clients are all over different arenas, industries, and that. So it's kind of interesting. But I love working with Cairo's that that get it, that want to fulfill their life, master their life, master their business, and and own their life. That I love working with them. You know, one of my motivations was, um, you know, it was more time freedom. And I just knew there was just more opportunity out there than, um, you know, and there was just some circumstances that took place where it was finally, okay, enough's enough, right? The pain. Um, but, you know, here recently the Powerball got up really high or something, you know, in the lottery. And my youngest son was with me and we were, we stopped to, to get some gas. And there was this long line of people buying lottery tickets. And so we started talking about that. And I was like, there's, uh, there's no way I would buy one. I do not want to win. And he looked at me funny. He's like, why would you not want to win? I said, because I don't want people to ever look at our success and say, yeah, they won the lottery. I want them to look and say, there was somebody who had no college education, worked really hard, found a need that he could feel grew in that served a bunch of people and he accomplished those things i said that's there's enough out there we we can have that money by just creating enough value and serving enough people that would be one of the worst things that could ever happen is if we won the lottery and i mean yes we do something with the money but you understand and that is one of the things that motivates me and uh and then i i want to teach my kids. I don't care what you do in life. You know, to me, success is serving other people, sure. right? It, it can be in ministry. It can be all these different things. It doesn't matter. Just create value, serve people. Don't be a victim, <laughs> you know, be a producer, not a consumer. So that's right. And even, you know, for the docs in practice, you know, Wherever you are in practice, let me just say this, is that if your focus is on yourself, you're going to be in a state of chaos. If your focus is on your patient, you'll instantaneously grow. You can't be focused on the patient and be stuck in your own head. You just can't. There's no possible way to do that. Find whatever's going on in your life, whatever chaos you're in, and find the benefits of it and how it's going to help you build your practice. What is it helping you do? How is it helping you grow your business, your life, so that when you do sit down, and you serve the patient, you can be in a complete state of gratitude and loving where you are now because all of it is part of the journey for you to learn to love your business and yourself. Dr. Alok Trevetti, thank you so much. This was a fantastic episode. Hands down, this is going to be, I think we're like at 145 episodes or so. This is definitely going to be one one of my favorites. So uh, thank you again so much for being on. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cairo Candy. Uh, If you really want to increase the impact in your community and get high quality leads from Facebook that actually show up to appointments, that show up to seminars, um, that are better than referral quality, we've developed what we call the Perfect Patient Tribe Turbine. And it's a process that we've developed after working with over 400 chiropractic offices all over the world uh, in this process simply works but go to carolkindy.com forward slash tribe and i'll put together a six minute video that walks you through the process uh, and then also shows you tons of different testimonials from offices that we work with uh, on how we can do the exact same thing for you see you next week